one in 10 Americans are millionaires. Figure out what subconscious programming is preventing you from getting out of your own way. This is your wake up call that you can stop right now. Own your future, because if you don't, someone else will. Welcome back to the Own Your Future podcast, because the fact is, if we don't own our future, someone else is gonna. I'm so excited to sit down with my guest today, someone I've known for probably over a decade, probably had for 12, 13 years, the time you uh, saw me in the elevator. We can talk about that later. But hey, I'm really excited to share and kind of pull back the curtain. You might know this gentleman as the clever investor, see him all over YouTube, all over Facebook. This guy, you can tell this guy has a blast making money, a blast with ads, a blast serving other people. And the truth is I got to see behind the curtain. I know the kind of behind the scenes pieces. I'm gonna get into some of those today and I think you're gonna absolutely enjoy I'd go nowhere. I know you got lots of options, lots of podcasts, lots of distractions. But my whole goal here, our guest, Cody Sperber, asked me, what's our goal here today? I said, let's serve people. Let's give them what they need to truly own their future, to see, have, have new opportunities, to investigate new areas, to live more abundantly, live more congruently, live more profitably. And that's what we do here. If you like this podcast, make sure you like it. Make sure you share it. Cody Sperber, good to have you here, man. Thanks for having me on, Dean. Yeah, I, it probably has been 10 years. It's been a solid, great 10 years, by the way. Yeah, you've been a great mentor of mine and somebody I've, I've looked up to. And, and oddly enough, we've walked kind of some parallel paths. Yeah coming in the from the real estate side exactly, of things, marketing exactly. and real estate. Yeah, you know what's funny is before we get in, in here today, and today what I wanna talk about is how can congruency actually make you more money and make you happier? Like real deep congruency. And if you don't mind, I'm gonna ask you some personal questions. I know you've been through a lot in the last 12 months of your life. Um, and then secondly, I wanna know how, how do you turn marketing into serve, not only service, but fun. You have a freaking blast with marketing. I wanna hear what your frank mindset is around when you do your funky ads. And I just saw some this week. I was like, this crazy guy, you're dressed up as Barbie or something. Yeah, Barbie, Barbie and Ken versus Oppenheimer. It's our newest okay. ad concept. Yeah, so um, before we get started though, I, I have to, the story you tell the first time we met is hysterical. I remember- Oh, it's great. It's great. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, you're a goat. You, you've been in the game for so long, you pioneered a lot of this space. And so being from the same city, state as you, I've known about you forever and you've, you've kind of been the gold standard in education. And so uh, it was it was always like, I knew I'd run into you at some point and, um, and I happened to be on the phone at the airport going into a real estate transaction that was going sideways on me a little bit. And I have my attorney on the phone and I was like multitasking and I was going, getting into the elevator and I hit the button and the elevator opens up and there's Dean Graciosi. And I'm like, I'm like, hold on, please, as I'm yelling at my attorney to like do something. And I'm like, Dean, oh my God, I, I'm a huge fan. Like, how are you? And you're like, Sperber, I love a lot of the stuff you're doing, man. We got to connect. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, you know who I am. Like, this is wonderful. And I'm so excited. I get, I finally got to meet you. And uh, we kind of swapped sp spots. You were yeah. getting off. I was getting on. And um, right as we swap, I said, man, I would love to love to hang out with you, get to know you better. Uh, what's your phone number? And you go, my phone number is, and then the elevator <laughs> the door is closed. I just always remember that. I remember your enthusiasm. It was great, but that was hysterical. It was like a movie. It's like, yeah. it is, yep. the door is closed. But anyway, uh, hey, pleasure to have you here. And 
We call it the Own Your Future podcast. And I love asking this question to start. I bet if you were here two years ago and I said to you, Cody, what, what does it mean to own your future? Mm. Right? It's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, for me, I just didn't like not being in control of a lot of things as a kid. I want to own my calendar. I want to own the dad time, the mom time, the my, my wife time, I, what yeah. I get to do for a living. But I bet if I asked you what it meant to you a year ago, I bet you it's a little different today. Massively different. What, what does it mean if I say, what does it mean to Cody Sperber to own your future today? Yeah, so um, last year, uh, when my mom passed away of cancer, yeah. leukemia, and it was a, a pretty rough last probably year and a half, but the last six months was was brutal. And at the same time, I'm going through a divorce. So it was like wherever the basement of rock bottom is, that's that's where I was last year. Yeah. When you, somebody goes through that much trauma and turmoil, you really do shift perspective very very good some, some some guys need ran over and i'm one of those guys and and when i got to that place and i finally gave up control and i said god i'm ready for change i'm ready for to get back in congruency and alignment and get clarity i'm sure we'll talk about all that everything shifted when i think about your future first off when you're in alignment with your purpose everything comes easy everything starts to happen faster happening for you opening doors the clarity the certainty the excitement all of that comes back into focus but i don't think like that i'm not a big like let's go way off into the future guy i'm like how do i own my moment how do i own my yeah. present and so it used to be i was always trying to kill the money game and that was my number one focus like how do i murder the money game now it's just how do I win today and be the greatest dad I could ever be, the greatest co-parent I could ever be, the greatest friend I could be, the greatest partner, all those things. And I want to win on every level right this second. I don't even care about tomorrow. I'm like, today I'm going to leave my mark. I'm going to dominate. Yeah. It's Super Bowl. I'm going in, coach. Put me in. And I'm so fired up for this second that uh, my owning it yeah. naturally happens in uh the control comes, the enjoyment comes, the joy came back into my life again. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a different software download. And it's weird because nothing changed. Like nothing really changed, but my view of things changed. Yeah, just different perspective. You that got was a different, it. different set of glasses. And, and the reason I ask you that is because I have known you for a long time. And I have to tell you, I, I, I hope you've seen that. I've always saw two sides of Cody. And you know, I always told you that. So I'm not being, I hope you don't mind me sharing it with everybody, yeah. but I've, I'd be at a live event with you and you'd say hi and you'd tell me, I'm killing, I'm doing great. And what I'd pull you aside and say, are both sides aligned? Cause I, I just always, I have goosebumps thinking about it, man, because I'm happy to see you're in such a good space right now. Yeah. But I could always, I felt, and, and you don't, I, I really hope you don't mind because people need this. People watching right now, everybody wants to make more money, have more success. But if we're not congruent, if we're not living, would you take success without fulfillment? Not in a million years, right? So I'm always going to talk about both. But I saw in you this happy front of stage, the life of the party, the fun ads, but I felt there was incongruency or just unhappiness that you never faced in the back. I don't know how to explain that to you. I, I'm not a prophet. I'm not trying to make me sound so holy. I just, I felt an affinity to you. I felt a connection to you. And I always felt obligated to say, I think you're meant for more. And I hope you were never insulted by that. It was because I saw it in you. If I didn't see it, I wouldn't said a word. Yeah. Did you know you were like, cause I see you, I feel your growth happening right yeah. now exponentially 
And I am not any part of that. I didn't create that. This is all you. But I saw it in you. And I just want to share that. What is the right word to describe it? Is it congruency? Is it facing your demons? Is it mm. facing insecurities? Like if someone said, what the hell do you think you were doing compared to the Cody you were two years ago compared to the Cody you are now is not the same to me. What do you think did that? Well, I mean, if I was to be raw and real and honest with your audience and and you know my story from our us talking but look entrepreneurs become great entrepreneurs and most of them that I know they we have a lot of trauma and that trauma from childhood or from our environment growing up catapulted us into this position where we 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 had to find our own path we had to fight for the control because we were so out of control as children uh i didn't realize how much my subconscious trauma was affecting my decisions and the way i viewed the world and when you it was all it, I, I kind of explained it like dexter like i had this dark passenger i couldn't figure out like what's the it factor that made me so great made me so obsessive to dominate my goals and and win this money game and and kill it in real yeah. estate and become the best like i looked at you and i was like dean's great i'm gonna i'm gonna beat dean right. i gotta beat him i gotta beat everybody like i just had this obsession where does that come from right you know most of the time you're running away from something painful and sometimes when it's painful you run even harder away from it, it right? and that's what i've been doing my whole adult career was running and i i in my marriage first of all i want to i want to start with my marriage was always good i never had a bad marriage we fought three times in 18 years we were married for 14. she is a phenomenal woman that has a very high level of emotional intelligence great supporter any guy would be lucky to have her. Most people would be like, how the hell did you even get her? Yeah. I made it 14 years in the marriage before I broke character, before I was out of alignment. And something happens as you become more successful and I was deeply unhappy inside. I was searching for joy. And I just was like us entrepreneurs, we either search for it in, in vices and we hide our pain in, in, in alcohol or drugs or gambling or women or whatever. Workaholism. I, I was hiding it in achievement for many years. Yep. But then I became successful. Then I had money, then I had options. And so I hate social media. It's weird because I use social media as a great marketing tool and it's a great way to connect with people. And, and there's a portion of it that I love because it really does impact a lot of people in a positive way. I hate it because it opens doors that I should never walk through. Yep. And it, it's just too much access and too many opinions and all those things. And so for me, as I became, I was the first real estate entrepreneur to break a million followers. I did it very early on in, uh, in, in, on Instagram and everybody was like, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. And I'm meeting people like you and I'm getting invited to speak on all these stages and, and everybody loves me and I come off stages and all the women want to talk and all the guys want to be me. And it gets to your head and the ego grew out of control and my unhappiness and that divide between and my relationship with Shannon. It was like two best friends doing life together, raising children, but I never brought her fully into the business. I never brought her fully into my world. I never shared my real pain and my trauma with her. And so we went one degree in two directions over 14 years. Yeah. And one day I woke up and I'm like, how the hell did you get way over there? And I couldn't, I didn't know how to get back. I put her into her masculine. I got disconnected emotionally from her intimately and I didn't know how to get back. And I don't, I didn't want to get back. I felt like I need, I needed yeah. something else in my life. 
and um and that's when i started cheating on her and it was it was can i cuss on this sure it was fucked like it was fucked up i look back now and i would do anything to take it back to take that pain i caused well, first her back. off i want to just commend you for having the, the vulnerability to share that um and i wasn't expecting you to share that but it, it means a lot because there are so many people who have gone down the wrong road and haven't faced it yet and haven't gone because and i want you to continue the story but you know you're listening today whether you came from marketing personal development life just because you know cody know me we mm. all have stuff and we're all fighting the good fight and what makes an interview like this so powerful is that people go well it's not just me or yeah. it's not just me that went through that could be somebody on the opposite side and they get to see a glimpse of your side right and realizing that we all do stuff that's stupid. We all make mistakes, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's usually one inch at a time. Like if you can't swim, you don't jump in the deep end. Walk in a half inch at a time. You don't realize when you're underwater. Yeah. And I think this last year, you realized you were underwater. Yeah. And it was funny because when I af afterwards, I went to all this therapy and they teach you about green light, yellow light, red light behaviors. And I was doing a lot of yellow light things before I even realized it was happening. Opening DMs, conversations, just flirting little things that you look back now and you're like well duh no wonder i was tippy-toeing in that yeah. direction for long enough that it was only a matter of time before it happened and it was weird because i i was giving hints to shannon that i was breaking character now looking back she put all the pieces together but for a while i was like i was fighting this misalignment inside because i want to be a good guy i want to do the right thing i want to be a stand-up dad and and partner um, and it was it was one girl and it, it happened and when it happened it was like I kept this little secret in the background and it was a it, it, I didn't really have a relationship with this woman it was very like transactional and we would just see each other she had a boyfriend and a kid and I she knew who I was and and we would just see each other meet up and hook up and that was it but once you do something like that, it becomes easier and easier to keep doing that. Yeah. And something funny happens. Us entrepreneurs, we, we justify it and we, oh, I'm just gonna get the kids through high school and then I'll 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 get a divorce and like it'll be all good. But something happened. I was I did this for years, Dean. Years. And nobody knew, and I never got caught. I I told on myself eventually, but something happens when you are so out of alignment you say to yourself, why is nothing happening for me? Why can't I fi figure out how to get to the next level? Like, what is it that I'm doing wrong? My, I'm stuck financially, I'm stuck emotionally, my partnerships are stuck, my relationships suck, I'm not a very good dad. What the hell's going on? And then my mom started dying. And it was such a rough last six months that I just started internalizing this pain. And I was like, oh my God, I have so much anger inside me. I have to let this go. It was like a thousand pound weight. And um, sitting down and telling Shannon was the hardest thing I ever did. And it was sh shocking to her because I was such a stand-up guy to the rest of the world. And here I am, miss just so far out of alignment with my wife. Uh, she, you know, she did what she should have done. She immediately kicked me out and um, I disclosed everything. It took, she did a six hour session of asking me every question and I, I answered everything and took total ownership. And then my mom passed away and it was like the worst month of my life. And I made this decision that I, was not, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to 
be in a position where anything like this would ever happen to me again. And I kept looking at my daughter and just feeling like a, a massive failure to her because I would be so upset. Imagine if that happened to her. If that happened to her. Yeah. And her dad, Shannon's dad, hated me. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't look me in the eyes. He wanted to murder me. And I understood. And so I immediately checked myself into Scottsdale Counseling Services. It's one of the best programs in the country. Um, I didn't know what kind of addiction I had or what, what it was, yeah. but I, I had multiple addictions, like sex addiction, um, work addiction, achievement addiction, like what, whether you want to admit it or yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's what makes you great. It's also the number one thing that holds you back. And going through, they have this program, I got really lucky. It was $10,000, it was intensive one week, you shut off all social, all businesses, all everything, and you go through 14 hours of therapy a day for a week straight. Through that, I did horse therapy, acting therapy, one-on-one -on -one therapy, wow. EMDR, group therapy, and I was with the greatest group of men. It was the only time there was a group of all men. It was the only time that every man in there was an entrepreneur. In order for me to get into this, I literally rolled up to Scottsdale Counseling Services or Psychological Counseling Services, what it's called. I rolled up, to, I called them and I said, hey, I need to get in here right now. And they said, sorry, we're booked out for months. I said, you have to get me in. She said, sir, I'm sorry, there's no way to get me in. I said, okay, great. I hung up the phone. I went and got $10,000 cash. I drove to the office. I put the money on the table. I brought an extra $500 and I greased the, the secretary. And I said, you move somebody right now and you get me in. And tears are coming down my eyes. I'm freaking out. And she looks at me and she goes, okay, I'm going to move some people around. I'm going to get you in. She felt that yeah. de desperation in yeah. me. And it was, I just got so lucky because I went in with this group of men that were all super high level guys that understood me. And we went through this experience together. It was the greatest week of my life because I came out of there with a thousand pounds lighter with so much clarity and a plan. And over the next year, like eight months, I fought every second of my day to get back in alignment with Shannon, with my kids, with my, I, first thing I did is I went around to every business partner and I, I apologized and I disclosed everything to them. And I said, if I can, if I can break character with my wife, I can break character with you. And I need this to be right. And thank God, everybody in my life from you to everybody else gave me so much grace and worked with me through that, that time. And on the other end of it, I started to get back in alignment with my purpose, starting to get back in alignment with my actions, with my words. And something funny happens when you're in alignment with your purpose. The joy in your life starts to come back. And it's weird because it's almost like the way I felt is like I was swimming up from the ocean and it was deep and dark and I could see the light. It was like way up there. And all of a sudden I just started getting a little bit more feeling back in my arms and my legs and, and the light started to surround me a little bit more. And then all of a sudden it was like, I could breathe again. I can see again, I, I'm excited again. And somehow through the grace of God, I now have, I, I, people didn't know this, but when I was going through the worst of it, I used to tell Shannon, I, would, I was going to work out, but I was actually going to church. I would go sit in the back and cry during the service. I got my relationship back on track with God. I got, and that was one of the first things they taught me. It was these concept of intimacy circles. Yeah. I never heard of an intimacy circle. It looks like a dartboard. Right. But it's like, who's in the center? Who's in the bullseye? It's supposed to be you and your relationship with your creator. 
it was not me, not my creator. It was everybody else that was like, I was triaging and making important for the moment. And I was like way over here somewhere. So I got my intimacy circles back on track. I understood what behaviors I should be doing and not be doing. I wrote out a ton of like goals and things that I wanted to get clear on with my kids and how I wanted to show up as a man for them. And as I started working towards it, somehow through the grace of God, I was able to go through this unbelievable divorce. People don't, they've never seen it. I've seen it because I watched you, but like I, I used no attorneys in a very expensive high level divorce. We made it all the way through. I am now great friends with my ex, probably better friends than I've ever been. I'm great friends with her and her new boyfriend. We're super tight. They're like, how are you partying and hanging out with, with your ex and her boyfriend? I'm like, because that's what a man should do. You know, I immediately went deeper with my son. That was my biggest regret growing my companies is the lack of a relationship I had with my son. I was good with my daughter because we connected. Yeah. It was easy. My son was difficult. And so um, I started doing really fun things. Like I took him to um, this experience. Uh, it's called the uh, Squire Program. It's with Bedros Koulian. Yeah. And it's all about teaching young men to step into their masculinity and it's like a nighting for young men and the dads and the kids go through it and it's this really tough seal type experience and every time i started doing more activities like that our bond grew closer and next thing you know my son is like my best friend again and, and we're and super connected and so i want to i want to first off i want to i want to unpackage some of these things um First off, thank you for being, thank you again for being so vulnerable. You yeah. know, every time I see you on a podcast, it's always about the money, the marketing, you're killing it. And you're, oh, you always hold that, that fun vibe, which you are, and you're more fun than ever. But thank you for being vulnerable because there are so many people in life struggling with something. Might not be the exact same thing as you, but there's some, there's some common threads of things you shared, right? The vulnerability, that's one. Mm. But the second, we're, we're using the word congruency. And I just know in my own life, the moment I got so congruent that I'm going to tell you the promise I made to myself when I went through a divorce six, seven years ago, I met my wife, Lisa. I knew I didn't want to bring some of the same Dean to this new relationship. And I did some of the same work and I went to therapists and I got a love coach and read the books and interviewed people, happy customers. One of the things I learned, and maybe this is something you could take away today, because you said my business was stuck. My life was stuck. I felt stuck as a parent. There are people stuck right now thinking, I want this next level. I want the passion. I want my wife to look at me this way or my husband to look at me this way. But you're still checking your DMs. You're still doing stuff when no one's watching. And I made a promise. And I think because you live in this town, because we've been friends, you know this to be true. And I couldn't say it if it wasn't. I made a promise when I was committed to my wife, who I'm married to now, I made a promise to myself. I said, I want to make it that if my wife hired a private detective that could mm. film me 24 hours a day for seven days and she watched 100% of that footage, that she'd come back to me and love me more. And that's something I don't share publicly all the time, but I live that way right now. And I didn't live that way. My wife, I don't have a password on my phone. You know, you probably had a password on your phone. Mm -hmm. You'd probably want it next to you all the time or make sure my wife could look at my DMs, look at my phone, look at my life. And then I thought to myself, well, if I want my wife to do that, what if my kids watch that same video? Would they be proud of me? And I said, then I started thinking, what if my parents watch that video? And I have to tell you, since I've made that promise to myself and maybe somebody today could make that commitment, 
My life has exploded in such a good way. My businesses have exponentially grown. My partnerships have grown. My joy for life has grown. My connection with my kids has grown. And I think one of the greatest gifts somebody could have today is to realize we all go down a road. Being unfaithful is terrible that that happened in your life. Terrible. And also, it happens, and you admitted it, and you worked on it, and you just didn't ignore it. And the things you did, and the work you put in, and the the honesty you had with Shannon, you have no idea if she was ever going to come back. If she if if she never talked to you again, you told me she'd be right in not to. Yeah. And to see you guys at a birthday party together, all smiling, it's just really beautiful. And I just want to commend you for putting the work in. You just didn't hope it did. And I do want to say one thing though, Dean, because you gave me some of the best advice I've ever received. Because I was coming out of, I was in the middle of the who is Cody, re-imagining what my life in the future was going to look like. And you sent me this wonderful audio message and you said a bunch of things. But one of the things you said was, was, look, look, brother, you're wealthy. You got everything going for you. You're the top 1% of the top 1%. And you have to make a choice right now of what kind of man you want to show up as. You can go around and hook up with every girl in town and it'd be easy. But if you want a valuable woman to show up to you, you got to you gotta control your value and what yeah. you're giving away to others. And you were the only person that told me that. Every other person was like, where are you going? Where are you vacationing? Who are you going to hook up with? What are you going to do? And I took your advice and I logged it in and I thought about it and I said, you know what? That's That's the best advice I've ever received. And since then, I haven't gone around and like went crazy like I could have. I've been real controlled. There's going to be a point where there is going to be the right person in your life. And Shannon is going to celebrate you because she's going to know that your kids are witnessing what it's like to do it right. I have goosebumps thinking about it because I know I'm dear friends with my ex, but I know my relationship with my wife, all four of my kids are watching. They're watching how I treat their mom, whether it's my previous wife or my current wife. They're watching how I treat the situations. They're watching if a really pretty girl walks by, where do dad's eyes go? They're watching if I look at my phone and I kind of tilt it to the side. Like I could watch mm-hmm. a dude in two minutes that's sitting oh, yeah. with his girl and he's got the slight little he, tilt on We know on all his the phone. tricks. He's got the slight little tilt on the phone. Yep. You don't think kids look at all that or my kids when they grab my phone and go to look through my camera and they go back two years, five years, seven years. I'm like, oh, oh wait a minute right? I know that sounds little and I'm not trying to say I'm perfect. I've made more mistakes, as many mistakes as you, as anybody watching right now. I've made mistakes, but I know right now living congruent allows this. Ah. Do I still have things to work on? Hell yes. Have I screwed up? Guilty. But maybe, maybe that's the greatest lesson today is facing it. Face the demons, face the dark side. And I think one thing, I, here's something I want to ask you, and then I want to get to marketing. Yeah. Did you ever think that the Cody you used to be, the driver, the, the entrepreneur just freaking takes what you want, that, did you ever think that that was the thing that made you f- successful? And if you became this guy that sat in the back of church or you came congruent, that maybe that edge would go away. Did oh, you ever 100%. Worry? 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because... Um, you justify so many actions along the way. And, and, Isn't and it I, stupid in oh, hindsight? You look back and you're like, what a dumbass. Uh, look, I, my f- friend Wes Watson says a phrase. He says, I want to be ripped, rich, and rare. And I always took that as like, oh, that's who I want to be. I want to be, uh, look, one in 10 Americans are millionaires. So I wouldn't have thought that that's, that's a real stat. 
but only one in 25,000 Americans have a six pack. Why are more people wealthy than healthy? It's crazy how many of us hide all of the trauma and pain and achievement, but yet we don't kill it on the health side or in the relationship game or in the spiritual game or all of it. Yeah. You can't have it all. You just are in your own way in the way you're you're thinking about things. And I want to be one of those people that have millions of dollars and a six pack yeah. or an eight pack. You yeah. know, like, let's go. Let me ask you something before we get a couple questions on marketing. Um, been through this incredible journey. You hit the bottom. Feels like you're at the top right now. I think you're you're only halfway up because yeah. once you're aligned with someone in your life where your children are happy, your ex is happy, and you found someone that lights you up every day, I know because of what you went through, you won't make those mistakes in the future. Um, and I know there's a whole nother level you haven't seen yet. So I look forward to that. I can't wait to interview you in two years from now <laughs> when you're with the love of your life and you're like, God damn it, why this is where, you know. Um, so I know that's coming and I wanna just put that out there in the world for you. But even though you've been through that, and if, if you ever watch Cody on any other interview, you're fun, you're, you're, you're just, you're the life of the party where you go places, right? But sometimes what people don't realize you, they see you and see your confidence and now you're working out, you look good, you're ripped, man. There's still things you worry about when no one's watching. There's still things you're afraid of. Some things you might've worked out in the last six months. But what's a fear that you have that no one would think you have? Oh, wow. It's probably more focused around my kids, maybe. Cause it, I, the, I, I don't have, I don't think like that right now. I'm really struggling. No, but that's great. To even think about that. But maybe, like, maybe yeah. what was your fear that you were facing? Yeah, I think. Priors? I think if anything, it's just I feel it doesn't matter what level you're at. I know for me, every time I reach a new level, I still feel like there's so much more potential in me and so much more I want to do. And I feel like I'm always running out of time. So I, yeah. I feel like if you're like, Cody, you're so successful. I'll be like, I haven't even, I, don't, not, I haven't done anything real significant yeah. yet. Like that's how I feel. Yep. And so my fear is running out of time before I can really- Make an impact. Yeah, step into my own and make a bigger impact. Uh, I, I, I'm in a phase now where my kids are becoming teenagers. So my fears really it's revolve a perfect time around for you to step in the, at the depth you're stepping yes, in. And, and it's been helping me because I, we, and going back, I, I feel like me and you bro, are broing out on this podcast right now because I called you and you were like, dude, still minutes in the car, like drive them everywhere you can and like <laughs> exactly. just find little ways to connect with your kids. And I've been doing that. And, um, it's been great because now my daughter is like closer than she's ever been with me. She's sharing things that yeah, she's thinking so about good. and the fears. You want to hear something funny? Because we have a mutual yeah. friend, Anthony Morrison. So Anthony calls me and I've been pushing that dude to have a kid for 10 years. If you ever ask him, I sent him, I, I met him 10 years ago. We're not dear friends. We don't talk every day. I talk to him a few times a year. Every time he texts me, I'm like, you have a kid yet? Stop messing <laughs> around. He's got a beautiful wife. She's beautiful inside and out, right? I knew they'd be great parents. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Now he's got his second. And he's like, maybe two more, right? Yep. But he said to me, but one thing I told my wife, if we're going to do kids, I am not getting up early and driving them to school and picking them up. That's your job. I'll take care of the businesses. So he tells me, and I said, what? let me tell you something. And then I told him, I said, my greatest moments when my little girl, Brianna, who's now going to be 17 and has a boyfriend, when she was four years old in the back of the car, taking her to first grade or kindergarten, I'd say, hey, kid, what can you tell your dad? And she'd say, I know, dad. I'm like, what can you tell your dad? She goes, 
anything and everything. I said, and I'm never going to throw it back in your face. And I remember her being nine. She's like, dad, please stop asking me. But now she's 17. I'm like, hey, kid. She's like, I know. All right, dad, I want to tell you what's going on with my boyfriend. So I said, Anthony, never would have worked if I wasn't in the car. Never would have found out about the boyfriend, about the this, about the that. And he's like, so he left me a message. The only reason I'm saying he left me a message. He goes, God damn it. I told my wife, I am taking these kids to school. No one else is taking them <laughs> but me. It's a great way for a dad <laughs> yeah. to steal minutes. It is. Yeah. You steal minutes. Yeah. Um, so, hey, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. So let's switch a little bit. Let's let's talk about marketing. This is a marketing podcast. At least we're, today I looked, I think we're the number two marketing podcast in the world this morning. So That's amazing. thank you for all of you for sharing this, for liking it, for, for listening. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about marketing here. What before I ask you about how you have fun and some of the ads you do, or maybe some of the things you've recognized that are changing in the marketing world, what is your vision, your perspective of selling? Everybody has different perspectives. Some are afraid, some love it, some yeah. are, some feel it's ah, it's a must. Other people are like, oh my god, I get to sell. Well, how, how do you look through the lens of selling? Yeah. So first off, my background—I didn't come from money, so it's it real estate was the vehicle that changed my life. When you're in, when you discover something, I, if you would ask me as a kid, do you want to do real estate? I would have been like, sure, everybody wants to do real estate, but that wasn't my desire. I wanted to be a ninth grade history teacher or a marine biologist. So years later, when I discovered this world of creative, no money down real estate, and I went and did it, fell in love with it, and it changed my life. I, I was the first millionaire in my family ever. By 28, I was a millionaire. By age 30, I would multimillionaire, retired my parents. Like it it just radically shifted the trajectory of the Sperber family yeah. forever. And I since then went off and done thousands and thousands of real estate deals. I'm in the process of buying a $131 million apartment building right now. Uh, we're developing all kinds of commercial assets. Like I'm doing things I never yeah. in my wildest dreams could have ever thought that I would potentially be able to do. And the money's crazy. And I don't pay taxes. What vehicle can you be in where you can make silly money and not pay taxes and waste your money that way. And yeah. so, so now I get to have more money to go further faster and I get to apply that money towards the passion projects that I think will really make a difference in this world. Yeah. So when you feel that way, you start to change your perspective on success. And it took me about six years or eight years of working my way up the food chain before I started to really think about money different and marketing different and success different. I don't think it's an option. I think it's an obligation. And when you think it's that really way, good. I like that. when I you think that way, you're like, oh man, I have to share this with everybody. This is crazy. Why aren't they teaching this in school? Why didn't my dad ever tell me this? Like I've had many conversations with my dad. I'm like, dude, you missed the whole conversation <laughs> hey. about like wealth and financial literacy and what did he's like, I didn't know how to do this stuff. My dad died when I was 13. I raised myself. He came out of the great depression. They were hoarders. Yeah, of true and story. I, and so it was like, that's my parents were hoarders. Like they saved every little nickel and you couldn't get it out of them. And um, so for me, I just think about money and, and all that so differently than most. Like I'm, I love speed. I, I think people that are the most successful make decisions quickly. They move money quickly. They, they do marketing aggressively. They have certainty in their decisions. And so I love to sell. I think it's my obligation, but only what I'm truly passionate about and really know. And so I- So what advice, if you have a friend that says, I got this great idea, the company's off the ground, but ah, selling, I'm just not in love with it. 
What advice do you give a friend? I'd say one of two things real fast. I'd say you either immediately partner up with somebody that doesn't feel that way and get yourself- Or the, shift your mindset. Yeah, or immediately shift your mindset and quit being a little bitch and get out of your own way because this is crazy. If, if you really feel that way, like when I make an investment decision, I'm never speculating. I did my research. I understand what I'm doing. I might not know the outcome exactly, but I have that calculated risk intuition in my gut and I put my money where my mouth is very quickly. I'm, I'm, I go all in yep. and I'm willing to burn the boats to go all in. Not many people roll like that through life. I do that in, in my health. People are like, dude, if you saw my before and afters, it's literally 24 months ago, I'm dad bod, droopy, <laughs> like not excited at uh, the beach to take off my shirt. Like I'm the dad with the shirt on, you know, maybe some Tevas, I don't know, <laughs> like that guy. Now I'm like every chance I got, like I, if I could do this interview with my shirt off right now, Dean, you know how, how, how good life I feel would be? A little, I feel a little embarrassed, but that'd be good. <laughs> but, we'd have, but that's how I feel. Like I want to go all in in yeah. all aspects of my life. And with marketing and sales, I just feel like real estate's the right vehicle. The government tells us exactly what they want by, by, by doing tax benefits towards the projects that they want. They want affordable housing. So I'm gonna go do affordable housing and I'm, I'm gonna own real estate and not pay taxes. And so... To, to just sum it up, if you're scared of sales, you need to go talk to, go, go, go to get Tony and Dean's courses, yeah, no, go down this yeah. rabbit hole and figure out what subconscious programming is preventing you from getting out of your own way. Because hoping is not a strategy. And you say a famous thing all the time. You say, this ain't the field of dreams, right? Yeah. If you build, build it, it, they ain't coming. They ain't coming. And I always remember that thinking, he's right. I got to be the loudest cheerleader, the most enthusiastic, the most intentional. I'll end with this. On social, in life, or in your community, in your church, in your neighborhood, we, if you look out, everybody is boring ass adults. They're, they're all boring. And then there's this one person that's so enthusiastic and out of control and their head pops up above the crowd and they're like, I'm over here. Look at me. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited. I'm, and everybody immediately looks at him and goes, what's this guy's problem? What's this girl's problem? What's wrong with this person? And then all of a sudden over time, they're like, yeah, this person is kind of crazy. I wonder why they keep doing that. And then they're like, what are they doing over there? And next hey, thing, can I do what they yeah, do? Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> and a very small group of people resonate over to there. And all of a sudden the tribe is built. Yep. And that's who I want to be. That's a really good analogy. I like that. Yeah. I don't want to be a boring ass at all. Why did we stop jumping in puddles? Yeah. What what conditioning did we have? Because if you look well, at, I knew I know you still like that fun when I see you dressed as Barbie. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, it's noisy out there. It is. You got to cut through that noise with. So that, that was a next question I want to ask you. And thank you for that. It's such a it's such a good analogy. And this is so much fun. I, I love asking a question and, and feeling your passion because people need to see this. People know need to know if you really summarize what we've done so far is we all have shit. We all have stuff. It depends on how we deal with this stuff how we can get congruent, how we can make a shift at any phase of our lives. You could do it at, my father made a shift in his life literally at 80. My dad made the same mistakes mm -hmm. over and over and he'd bring himself back to the same relationship and wondering why history would repeat itself. And you know, a prophet's not welcome in their hometown sometimes. So my dad, I'm just there as a supporter. I retired my dad when I was 27. Um, and at 80 years old, he came to me one day and said, God damn it, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm a slow learner. And wow. he's 87 now. And the, 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 the guy's on fire. I mean, he had a stroke, and but he's getting through it. But he's a different man. He has a different mindset. He, his eyes fill up with tears because he feels like he missed it. But he's still in a really good place. And I think the reason I, I ask some of the questions I do is because he didn't need to miss it. 
he, he was a good man. My dad was a good man the whole time. Just, he got kicked in the teeth. His dad beat him senselessly. He was the youngest of 12, physically abused. And he never, why I like talking about this, and today we opened up, we're talking about marketing, but we talked about personal stuff, is because I watch a man, my dad, who's a good man, graduated top of his class in high school, smartest kid in his whole high school, went to, went to the army, was in Korea, took the math exam, was the only one that got 100% on the math exam in the army, didn't get one wrong, and he struggled his entire life with five marriages and divorces, and my sister doesn't talk to him. His brothers and sisters don't talk to him. His friends didn't talk to him, and the man was a millimeter off. So mm. I, I say this out loud, and I don't know if I've ever shared this. One of the reasons I always love going upstream and asking questions like that is maybe if my dad heard this podcast when he was 42 years old, he could have got 50 years of, of a good life and he maybe has 10 of, yeah. a, of a balanced life. So thank you. Yeah, so and thank I, you for I hope if you're listening to this and, and you're an entrepreneur and you're doing yellow light behavior and you're in a marriage and a relationship, that this is your wake up call that you can stop right now. E even if you cross some lines, you can stop right now. Total ownership, extreme action on the other end, go get the help, you know, bear your soul to your significant other and fight like hell to get back on track. I, I wish I had the courage to do it. Yeah. And thankfully, because I'm sharing this, there's gonna be some of you guys that DM me, I'm more than happy to coach you through it. I'm more than happy to point you to psychological counseling services and connect the dots there because they, they did really help me. And when you are in alignment with your purpose, I promise you everything will start to happen in your favor, everything. Where's the best place for people to find you? Um, at Clever Investor, just on yeah. Instagram and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm easy to find, I'm out yeah. there. <laughs> um, last thing, where do you see the future? You've been in this marketing game quite some time. For somebody just getting in the game or they want to tweak their company, where, where do you see the future of marketing going right now? Yeah, so whether you like it or not, a personal brand is the most important thing that you could ever build for yourself. Um, um, even if you're just the CEO of a company, you should be encouraging yourself plus your leadership team. Everybody should be building a personal brand on your team. You should create an army underneath you of people that are out there beating this drum, sending off these messages and enrolling. I mean, that's what we do. We're, we, we look, sales persuasion influence. What we're really doing is just enrolling people into our vision and helping people get the clarity to say, look, we all know what we do and how we do it and why we do it, but like, what's in it for you if you do it with me? Yeah. Right? Like that's the missing you piece. You can do it alone, but what yeah, about doing yeah, it together? Yeah, you can do it on your own, but we can both do it together and go, one plus one could be 11 and we could go faster. Uh, and it's more fun. Like, and this drives me crazy. This is just a side note. I, I know a lot of solopreneurs, especially these like guys that are like on social yelling at people and they're all like motivational speakers and they're yelling at everybody. And I'm like, why are you so angry? <laughs> like, I got great friends and great family and great life and I'm making a ton of money. We're the 1% of the one percenters. Why are you screaming all the time? Like, you're so negative. Uh, I wanna have fun and I wanna do it with people that I care about. And so I think the future of marketing is Building a great personal brand, and that starts with being extremely authentic to who you are. Your voice is your voice. Don't try yeah. to be Dean. Don't yeah. try to be a Tony. Be you. And I did try to be Dean in the beginning. I tried to be other people because I didn't have the confidence yet. And the, the second I finally stopped doing that and just said, you know what? I'm going to, who, who's Cody? I'm goofy. I'm authentic. 
I, I'm sarcastic, I make fun of myself, but I'm also deadly serious, I'm very aggressive with, with my actions, I wanna set a better standard, I wanna show leadership. Like once I got a little clear on like my core values and who I am. I've and, the people, and the people who find you align with that. Yeah. They're goofy, they wanna do, like they have fun, they wanna do these things, right? So, and, and there's enough voices. Trent Shelton said something I thought was really powerful. He said, your voice is the only voice some people can hear. So speak up. Oh, man, that's powerful. Right? Speak up because your personal brand, my people might not align, but somebody needs you, Cody, and somebody needs you watching mm. to, to step it up. And I think what a great answer building your personal brand because it's true. Yeah. Because there's so much noise out there. People need to know the authentic you. And, and they can't take fun. it from you. You can go into any business, any industry, any niche. You can sell anything. You can enroll people in all kinds of different things. I own supplement companies and network marketing companies and title companies and real estate companies and education companies. It doesn't matter. My brand is still your brand. It's my brand and I can drive traffic to all of these different places. So I think that is number one. And number two is get good on video. Yeah. Make video core competency. Have fun with video. I'm going bald. I got a bunion. I got a crooked smile and none of that matters, right? <laughs> I sound like a girl sometimes when I get excited. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you have fun with it and that you, you get used to talking on video. I'm, I can't tell you how many thousands of times I deleted the video as soon as I recorded it on my phone <laughs> because I was embarrassed. Yeah. And I, oh, nobody's gonna see that. I sounded stupid, I messed up. No, post the mess ups. They'll resonate more with that version of you than the scripted, perfect suit and tie. I love that. Like that, Cody. And once I got out of my own way, my brand blew up, my videos started converting better, my ads started converting. You mentioned a dress. I did an ad where I dressed, what's hot right now? Barbie. <laughs> Oppenheimer and Barbie. So I dress up like all the characters. I'm like, I'm not an actor, I'm a real estate guy, but it's funnier when I don't know how to act and I'm trying to be Barbie in a dress and I'm trying to be Ken and I'm having conversations with myself and we're playful with the video. People, so you what? and, and I'll just end with this, when you're, advertising on Facebook and YouTube and you're spending money on ads. There's like two components. There's the, the marketing and then there's the conversion, right? Yeah. So there's the ad and there's the conversion. You are the best in the world at both, but you're really great at the conversion. You really know how to connect with your audience. That took me a long time to learn. I was really good at this front end. Like I can, I can get their attention. And um, that, those, those, those ads, there's two ads happening. If you looked at my like ad arsenal, yep. there's these like really high produced fun dressing like Barbie ads right behind, that's the brand builder. Yep. Right by that, I get about 25% of my ad spend goes to that. 75% comes to the ads that come right behind it. That's me either in my studio or out at a real estate project saying, do you wanna make an extra 10, 20 or 30,000 extra dollars per month doing a side hustle as a real estate investor? I could show you these five techniques that will help right. you live tax free, da da da. It's direct. It's the combo that allows me to scale my ads. And right now I'm spending about $175,000 a month on ads. I get about a two and a half to three and a half times ROAS, which means return on ad spend. So imagine if you had a business where you spent a dollar and you got three to four back every single time. Once I cracked that code on like how to, how to, how to do that, you can scale a business. And then you can use that income and that, because sales cures everything, I can go hire good, uh, marketing people yep. and sales the, people and conversion people and build yeah. the company behind it. But if you don't have that skill, which is the most important skill, if you ask me, you can't really afford to do the rest. All right. So you know what I love about this is we got to talk. I got to hang out and get caught up with my friend and, and hear from you. But one is congruency. It's never too late to make a shift. 
never too late to be honest, realize that we all have stuff, but it's what we do with that stuff. And if we keep doing the things that got us here, we'll continue to know what our future is, or you can make a shift. I love that part today. And thank you again. When it comes to marketing, the future of marketing is build a personal brand, no matter where you are in your business or in your life. And how do you do that? By being you, the most authentic version of you. I know there's some people who follow you that might, maybe I'm too soft. I teach speak about personal development too much and, and vice versa, but there's people are meant to follow you and people are meant to follow me and there's people meant to follow you and listen to your word. This has been so much fun. I appreciate you coming on and being a part of this. Go look up Cody and the Clever Investor on Instagram. You got a fun account. You post some pretty funny stuff, man. I have to tell you some really funny stuff. <laughs> I have fun with it. Shouldn't, I mean, making money, having fun. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for making one of this top podcasts in the world. If you like it, share it, subscribe, let some friends know about it. We'll see you next time.